What's going on out there, everybody? Hope everybody's staying empowered and staying motivated. Welcome to another episode of Adapt Radio, where our dialogue and perspective is true, and our goal is to help you one conversation at a time. Got a really dope interview coming you guys' way. I got the opportunity to sit down and talk with a high-energy, super dope rapper, Chico Fue, homie hails from North Miami Beach. Um, you know, had a lot of adversity and things that he overcame. Went to prison, got out of prison, moved to Atlanta, linked up with Big Old Records. And ever since 2020, 2019, he's just been on fire. You know, he's going to talk to you guys a little bit about, you know, his music, his story, and his particular brand, the High Impact Energy, 4H. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. With that being said, make sure that you guys share, like, comment, review. Be on Spotify and everywhere where you can find audio at. With that being said, much love, y'all. Can't wait to hear from you guys soon. Peace. Chico, what's going on, bro? Thank you for being here today, man. Already. Dog, I wanted to ask you, man, before we uh, get deep in the interview, man, I I see your whole name, man. Is is the Foy from Fuego? Fuego, Fuecon, Foy, Foyage, whatever. Show for sure. Like different meanings, Creole, Spanish, English, Urban Dictionary, whatever. You feel me? <laughs> I feel that. I feel whatever. that. Whatever. Cool, cool. That answer my question. And that was, that was the one of the first ones I had off top, man. Hey, listen, it might mean something else in German, ain't it? I don't even speak German, but that's funny. You feel me? I feel you. You might go over there, they'd be like, Holmes, that means something different. Right. Damn. Okay, okay. Okay, so. I get it. Chico got Creole roots, man. They got some Spanish roots. It's like a, just a pot of everything, man. So Yeah, you know, I'm from Miami. It's the real melting pot. Hell yeah, it is. And, man, I, I well, read that in your thing. Go ahead, my bad. Not, no, I was going to say not just Miami, but South Florida, melting pot. All the way till you get right to about South, uh, Palm Beach. Then after you pass Palm Beach, then it gets a little more, like, Americanized. You feel me? I feel you. I feel you. So shit, let me ask you that, Dan, bro. What was it like growing up in Miami as a, you know, as Puerto Rican? Uh, well, I didn't. Even, you see, Miami is separated by cultures, cultures rule areas. You feel me? So even me being Puerto Rican, I didn't grow up in Little Havana. I didn't grow up where the Cubans was, because really, Miami is ran by Cuban, like Cuban is Cuban. Let me rephrase this so people don't get it confused. Majority of the Latino community is Cuban, Afro-Cuban. Okay. Afro-Latino. But I didn't grow up with Cubans. I grew up with Haitians in North Miami Beach, Victory Park. So for me, it was a little different. Like growing up, we wasn't speaking Spanish in my household. You know, I don't want to bore you with the sob story. Of course, we was eating uh, rice every day. You know, we didn't have much. My mother worked at Home Depot, first generation uh, lesbian. I'm talking about with the shave sides, with the big beaver tail on the back. Um, Home Depot working about 70, 80 hours a week, you know, trying to support the family. At the time, just me and her. But I remember like, we shared apartment with my auntie and her kids. So it really was like my mother and her sister sharing a bedroom, me and my cousin sharing a futon bed in the living room type of type of time. You know, we ain't have much, but when we wanted something, the old girl, my old girl always made sure like she came through, like, you know what I'm saying? Like she did what she had to do. Um, and we suffered in a lot of places. Like I said, the refrigerator was short. Um, of course we, where we lived at roaches, um, I ain't gonna say rats and shit, but roaches and I got kicked off the bus in kindergarten. Damn. What? For stabbing a kid with a pencil. Oh. So I had my own house key. Like I've been running the street since, since I was a baby. The people I looked up to was like my two cousins, Brenda and Rachel. They was older and they was running the street. So like for me, that's what that's what I was doing. I was hanging with them. Like 
I was always like the bad brat. You get what I'm saying? Always, I, I never did what the other kids was doing. Like I wasn't playing at the park. Um, I was playing in the street. I went to Fulford Elementary School. I was terrible. I terrorized people, bro. Like, just in my environment, like, we had a, we, even from kindergarten, we had a little posse, like me, Quitman, Aaron, Junebug, Charles Fox, we had a little posse growing up. Charles was like the good boy of the clique, but the rest of us, we was hellraisers, right? So I'm talking about beating up the older kids, everything, bro. Like, just growing up in Miami, I, I did a lot of raising myself. I remember when I found out my mother was um, gay, I was like eight years old. She, and it happened because one of my people down the block, they owed the brother like, man, your mama always with this female, da da da. She gay or son. So that's how I found out. Then when I brought it to her attention, it was like a big thing. Damn. Um, and that really was like North Miami Beach for me, like, the pool was across the street from the house. We stayed by Mario building in between two, three different buildings. My father, he was abusive towards my mother. They wasn't even together. And even the just dating back to before that, I'm like not to really go off subject, but my mother got married a virgin. And uh, when her and my father finally laid, up, laid down, he, they got divorced. Damn. And uh, no bad blood between my parents nowadays, right? But, you know, people remember shit. And uh, when my mother water broke, when it was time to go to the hospital to deliver me, uh, he made her walk home in the freezing cold in the snow. Damn. Uh, that was in Gary, Indiana. Because I moved, we, we moved to Miami when I was two years old. So I don't... I have memories of Indiana. I have my, I got my first memory when I was a baby, right? I remember my grandma washing me in the, uh, in the sink in this, uh, big basement by this furnace, like that scary furnace that be in all the movies. Yeah. So I remember like my, my earliest memory was getting bathed in that, in that sink. And I, I remember that to this day. So. That's something like I could say, yeah, that shit really happened. Like I, that was my earliest memory. Um, but aside of that, like I got kicked out of Fulford. Somebody telling on me I had the Playboy magazines and shit. <laughs> they when I got kicked out of Fulford, my mother's girlfriend, she didn't want me, she didn't want me around anyway. So they sent me to stay with my daddy for about a, a half a year. So I did that. I, I stayed with my daddy for about probably about nine months, finished out the fourth grade school year, started the fifth grade school year, then cleared it, came back to Florida. Then Dan Fulford didn't want to take me back after a whole year, so I had to go to this other school called Grinnell's Park. Now, this was on the other side of North Miami Beach, uh, basically the Caucasian side. So now I'm in a whole different area, right? I'm in the same area I live in, but now I'm going to a, a way different school. So meanwhile, I was always walking to school by myself since kindergarten. So I'm doing like a mile and a half hike, dolo, to and from school. You know, this back in the days when you had to worry about people trafficking people, but what type of shit was your kid getting into? You feel me? Yeah, yeah. So I went to Grenells Park, first day at Grenells Park. <laughs> had to beat some dude up. That's how I got. That's how I got wrecked at Gretel's Park. But as soon as I got there, I was already throwing hands and going crazy. So we did that. What's up? It ain't my day off, and uh, I got sent back to Indiana for another school year. I was I was bad in a bit, and when I got sent back, I really couldn't take it. But my father got my my father got jammed up with some child support things. So I had to go back home and go back to Miami. So I came back home and my mother finally got a condo. The condo was in uh, Hollywood. So it was about eighth grade when we moved to Hollywood. 
Hollywood, Florida, by a little area called Davey. Davey is like real country redneck uh, horses. So I lived in a portion of Hollywood, but Davey is on my uh, address. So it was different. I need you to turn this on for me, please. And uh, that, that's 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 like that's the that's the early that's my early childhood right there. Bro, I appreciate that rundown. Well, you didn't throw in a lot of gems in that dog. Um, shit, I got a question then, bro. With all that, when did you start even listening to rap and deciding that that was what you even like? Because I know who you took inspiration from with Pac and Master P. But shit, when did you even start listening to all that? Oh man. I was a I was a baby. I have I I had my first I had my first tapes when I was a baby, baby, baby. Like I remember my father used to take my tapes from me. <laughs> remember I told you I was running the street, so it was me taking my little money that I done scraped up or whatever, and I'll be going to Specs Music Blue Notes at the One C Third Street Mall or whatever, cross street from the mall by myself and going and buying these, this music. Damn. Now, my uncle, he played in a band, a touring band, tour the world, as a matter of fact. He played a guitar. And my mother ran track, so like, but she, my father and my mother both, I'm born in the same hospital as Michael Jackson. And Gary. Right? Yeah. And Gary Deanna, right? So, growing up, in my household was like Skate Fish, CNC Music Factory, Janet Jackson, Michael Bolton, uh, not necessarily Fleetwood Mac, but old girl that came from <laughs> Fleetwood Mac. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I know the girl you're talking about, though. Uh, the one that came from Fleetwood. It's, it's a shame that I can't remember her name right now. It'll probably come to me in a second, though. Um, Stevie Nicks, there it goes. I remember. Uh Color me bad. My father loved like Anthony Watkins. So, you know, the movies that was playing in my, everything has something to do with hip hop, rap, entertainment in my house, New Jack City. You know what I'm saying? So this is the foundation that was already laid. Now, when I was about, when I went to Granos Park, fifth grade, I'm about 11 years old right then and now. They in my hand. Fifth grade. So that's when I actually started. I met David Apple. Now, David Apple, he shoot all my videos in Miami now. One of my best friends. And uh, I met him. His brother used to have us. His brother used to be getting high and having us freestyling. So that's how it all like started, like making music. Damn. But my first compact, my first... My first compact disc was Tila, Peace of Mind. Dang. Like, I remember all this like it was yesterday. You feel me? Yeah. So, uh, that happened. Peace of Mind happened, like, where I'm from in Miami, like, they used to always wonder how I was up on all the new, all the stuff. I was always up on stuff that people wasn't up on. You get what I'm saying? Like, I get exactly what you're saying. Like, we, we stayed out here. What the fuck do you know about what's going on out there and at such a young age? Yeah. But I was that kid that was stealing batteries out the store because my tape, I had to have a tape player on at all times. <laughs> and then I had to have a CD player at all times. You know what I'm saying? And then I had to have the MP, the MP machine, the MP3 at all times. You get what I'm saying? So music always been in me, like eight ball MJG, three times crazy, big Mike, even the oomp count, baby D them when I was growing up. Like other than outcast, it was it was baby D and them. Damn. So You know, Bone Thugs and Harmony, Snoop Dogg, like this, this what this what I was doing, while everybody else was uh coming on when the street light was on. Like I'm outside running, 
hanging out. My parents ain't want to put, they put me in, they put me in Optimus football one year. They tried to put me in karate. I hated it. Now I was good. I was good. I, I, I got, I, well, I had, they no longer around, but I had first place trophies to the ceiling. You get what I'm saying? Like, for real, for real. But I hated that. Like, I was getting, I get in trouble at school, come home, get in trouble for getting in trouble at school. Then go to go to uh, karate and I'd be getting, he had a little bamboo stick. So I'd be getting my ass handed to me with a little bamboo stick. Man, you're getting a double time there. Right. And then I hated being uh like trapped in the house and punished. So after I got my ass whooped, I'll I tell old girl, come on, give me some more ass whooping so I can get up out this bitch. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm not going to be right. locked in this house like that. <laughs> you were trying to go back outside. Most definitely had to. That's the only <laughs> – what else was it? So, you know, that's kind of my childhood right there, how I came into the music. My first show was rocking a bar mitzvah. My first tape was, was a freestyle tape or CD or whatever you want to call it. And uh, I mean, that that's where it started at. That's, that's definitely where it started at. Damn, so shit, I'm gonna ask you this then, man. When you, around this time, you in high school, when, I guess the question I want to know is, man, you know, did the street shit catch up to you? And, you know, if so, how did that work out? Well, the streets ain't really catch up to me till later on in life. Okay. Like, of course, I had the little petty go to jails for petty, petty, petty shit. Like, but the streets ain't really catch up to me till later on in life. Okay. It was about 2012. I was doing real good. I was doing music. I was in the streets. But I was supporting my music. <coughs> Excuse me. I supported my music with my hustle. Okay. And uh, that's kind of where I went wrong at. You feel me? I thought that's that's that what was necessary when it wasn't. And. Uh, so you were doing music around Miami at that time? At this time, I'm in Lauderdale. Okay. Because I had moved to my father. I had moved to Jacksonville, Florida in 2003. Okay. Something like that, right around now. And I, I ended up living with my daddy. And that's really like when he became a father to me, when he accepted me around that time. Because before that time, it's like he wasn't really playing that role. But um, just to fast forward, so... I'm in Fort Lauderdale doing my thing, been doing my thing for a minute. And I thought that the, 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 hust, the street hustle was, was, was supposed to pay my bills, how I live, you know, what I was doing, support my music. But I was looking at it wrong. So anyway, an older cat that I knew, white man, he came up to me one day, asked me for some help. He needed some stuff from me, whatever. And I didn't help him. Like, I ain't help him. And that it like died down. So, like, months and months and months and months had went by. And then one day out the blue, the same dude approached me, but this time he likes a crying old dude. Like, he crying and begging me for help. Like, my dad, he got cancer. I need your help. Whatever, whatever. So, the type of person I am with the heart that I got, I'm like, all right, man, I'll help you out. So I tried to get him, I tried to put him in a situation. I feel you. And uh, meanwhile, he was an informant for the police. Damn. And then at this time, like, in Broward County, there was a crooked chemist that was working the cases and definitely was on my case. So the crooked chemist working for the, um, for the county in the state of Florida is taking drugs from people's cases and putting it on other people. And that's how they get people cased up. So, of course, I had that ragged-ass chemist. I never really got caught with anything, by the way. And uh, the police took the stand. He lied on the stand, of course. 
the informant never never took the step. The informant didn't even show up to court. And uh, I had a lawyer, and I ain't gonna lie, I think my lawyer, not think, I know. The lawyer basically fed me to the wolves. Uh, I, they got a guilty verdict. I didn't take a plea. I, my, my, my actual, I didn't take a plea bargain. My plea from the beginning of the trial never changed. It was always not guilty. And uh, the judge slammed the gavel and they said guilty. Damn. And at that, at that moment, I knew like, I'd already been doing this shit too long anyway. But maybe it's meant for me to just sit my ass down type shit, you know? Damn. So, bro, so, uh, go ahead. When, so when the judge slammed the gavel, guilty, like the first thought in my mind was, that ran through my brain was, thank you, God. And at that point, I'm, I said to myself, damn, if this is the first thing that you said to yourself after they just said you about to take your ass to prison, then you know, like, you needed this. And it was like a restart for me because who knows, if I wouldn't have got slammed for that bullshit, where I would have really been at, like, now, maybe I wouldn't be here. Or maybe it would have been a worse turnout for me at the time. You know what I'm saying? I dig it. So it had it had to happen the way it did, because if not, who knows where I would have been right now. And that's how I look at it. Like people might look at shit like a curse. I look at it like a blessing. You know, every every dog got his day. So shit. For me, it's like my time was over with. And and I decided when I come home, I ain't gonna sell no more dope. I'm gonna start selling hope. Respect. Respect. And that's, that's what I did. I packed up my stuff. I moved out here. And I stopped selling dope. I started selling hope. Now we got songs on the radio. Moving. The hustle, I always had the hustle and the drive, so that ain't nothing that ever changed. And I also, too, know that, like, when you get to where you thought you wanted to go, you got to work even harder. Yeah, yeah. So like where I'm at now is like more of a humbling experience because like even the people that's above you, right? I got come in, punch in this clock and you probably got the manager that think like I'm your boss. So I can say this to you. I can treat you like this. But in the real world, when, when I walk out of here, it's like they can't touch me. So it's real humbling for me. Like I could look at them and smile and be like, yeah, you got it. But in their head, they like, yeah, I got his ass. But in my head, I'm like, man, you got it. And I'm happy to say that with, like, no remorse, without feeling the way. Because I know I know really what time is it and where I came from and what I'm really capable of and what I chose not to do versus what I'm doing. You get what I'm saying? Bro, I feel exactly what you're saying. You know the real power you got. And uh, right. it ain't in here. You feel me? It ain't even about this. It's right. Just, so It's just a drill. Yeah. So shit, I paid my dues. I, I I paid my debt to society. I came home a whole other person. Like, but even in prison, I had songs on the kiosk. You know, the music on the kiosk is a dollar seventy a song. I just got a publishing deal right before I, I went to prison. Like literally a month before I went to prison. So they already had a release date on my next project. They didn't know I went to prison. They didn't know I was going to try to tell them. Shit, <laughs> you just don't tell people, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure they would have pulled me if I would have yeah, told them I was going to trial something. Yeah, yeah, they would have did that. But the upside, like right before I went to prison, I was in the magazine. Bigger ranking was on the cover, and the names on the magazine were Young Thug, K Camp, Migos, and my old name that I used to go by, Nastacity. I was in the, in the magazine with an up-and-coming artist, like, up next, me, Migo, K-Camp. So that's how I knew with the music, I was at least doing something right. You know what I'm saying? Because I was still doing shows, I was still making music, I was still traveling, touring, everything. Sponsoring my own tours, everything, bro. bro. Had my own ISRC codes, everything. Like, I always did 
I always did what was necessary to make sure, like, no matter what I was doing, this music shit was still going to be something for me. I was just going about it the wrong way at that time. Bro, I feel you, and I appreciate you breaking that shit down for me because I ain't get all that from doing my research. I got some of it, but that's a real in-depth story. So, shit, bro, I'm going to ask you this question then because I looked at some old interviews when you went by your old name. Bro, what's, what's got your syndicate? Uh, gotcha Syndicate was the first record label that I started. Uh, and this was, I don't even know what year it was, but this is just when Master P was such an inspiration to me, like, get your own shit, create your own situations. Yeah, yeah. And that's what the syndicate, the syndicate is basically meaning, like, group of people come together so we can overtake the industry type shit. Now, if you look up the word syndicate or syndicated, you'll see what it say. And I know it's pretty damn close to what I just said. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, and that's what that was about. Like, gotcha, meaning like, I gotcha. Shit, I gotcha. The, the, uh, the, the very first logo was the, uh, the hand holding on to the CD in the middle. That was the very first logo. But I went and got all my business right. Like, I made sure that I was registered with all these things. I had ASCAP when I was a young man, like things that people my age at the time wasn't even thinking about. I was already on to that. You know what I'm saying? Cause I listened and I watched Pete so much growing up. Like it was like already embedded in my head what I needed to be doing. So I studied, I studied, I was like a lab rat and, uh, I went and just got all my paperwork official and everything like that. You know what I'm saying? Just going crazy, making sure like everything is everything. Yeah, yeah. So, so bro, I got this question in. Once you get out, should you get out? I think you were saying you got out like 2017, 2018? Yeah, the end of 2017, the beginning of 2018, yep. So, bro, when you got out and you moved to Atlanta, how the fuck in one year did you get, <laughs> get signed with Big Home? One year out. Well, right before I went to prison, I was on tour with my homie, Total Chaos, rest in peace. Yeah, I already swept up front and wiped the table. Um, rest in peace, Total Chaos. And uh, we was at one of these shows with Bigger Rankin and them, Bigger Rankin, Tom G, and all these people. And uh, I finally meet Baby D. Damn. As a matter of fact, Chameleon. The girl, the girl rapper who's pretty hot right now, Chameleon. Yeah. Her, uh, Baby D, Rap Juggernaut, a couple people. And this is when I was sneaking into the core DJ events in Miami and shit with the cutouts. I wasn't finna pay for a whole weekend pass, 450, 350. Hell no. We show up, getting through the back door with the cutouts, with the promos, and still able to do our one, two, three. You feel me? Like, for real. So I meet Baby D. This is when he was with, uh, he had a, a group, a little duo group called Cool America when he was actually with AMG at the time. And uh, I met Baby D. He chopped it up. You know, I just showed him love, like, bro, since I was a kid, I've been knowing who you was. And uh, when I came home from prison and I came out here, there was like one of the one of the only people that I knew out here was Baby D. I had just recently met met somebody named Tay Drain when I got out of prison through my cousin, Yosan Uh He met us at the airport, and we actually went on tour together through the Midwest. So I knew Tay Drain. I knew Baby D. My first real contact in Atlanta was a, a lady named Lady Shaq, who actually put me on the future before... Uh, before Future got popping back in 2011, 11, something like that. Yeah, 11. But Lady Shaq, she wasn't on the scene like that anymore. So I came out here, and I'm looking for Baby D. And I was already here a few months, and Baby D was in prison at the time. Damn. And then on a, a random day, I'm at a club, and I see Rap Juggernaut. And I tell him, hey, you saw Baby D yet? He like, yeah, as a matter of fact, Baby D right over there. <laughs> Damn. 
But just to show you how, like, energy work and aura and all of that shit, like, I was working for a T-shirt company when I first moved out here called Fair Print. Shout out to Fair Print. This is my homie since high school. We play football together. And uh, he does a lot of vending at, like, Black Expo, Bronner Brothers, and all this type shit. Yeah. So, believe it or not, we had the Bronner Brothers, and Big Oomp them got a stand, of course. And I seen the banner, and I walk up to the stand, and it's Big Oomp. Damn. And I had the cutout. I had one of the cutouts, because I was always somebody that always did my own groundwork and hustling. So he already saw me then. So when Baby D brought me around, he like, didn't I see you at the Bonner Brothers? Exactly. So it was so organic. You know what I'm saying? Super organic. And, uh, you know, Baby D introduced me to a lot of people. Shout out to Baby D, man. He really like the Prince of Atlanta. Real shit. I don't know about all that hoopla, not Atlanta and all that shit, but Miami, we ain't worried about that shit. Dade County is Dade County, Broad County, Broad County, but all the cities in Dade County is still Miami. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. Whatever. So that's how that happened. He brought me around, kicking the shit, doing a one, two, three, working, grinding, and this is how we got though. So, so dog, in 2020, you dropped the Prelude mixtape. What was your thought when you dropped that? Uh, time to finally drop a project because coming out of prison, I was really working off my old music. Hold on. Yeah, coming out of prison, I was really working off my old music. Now I had recorded some new music. But it wasn't, it wasn't, it was fire, but it wasn't what it was. You get what I'm saying? I don't know if that means. I know what you get. I get what you're saying, so, bro. The prelude is like me really starting to hit the ground and like really starting to catch some wind. So now throughout the prelude, I started finding my own way as far as started recording myself and engineering my own records. So I started doing that when before I just used to be a record buff. So go in the studio, somebody push record and all of that. Now, in that process, you know, Big Corey, he busy, whoever else, they busy. I just can't wait around for people to record me and find a sound and all of that. So I'm like, you know, y'all boys set up the room for me next door. I'll, I'll do my own thing. I just need to I just need you to set it up so I can go in there and do it. And that's really what happened. Like, <laughs> I go in one of the other rooms and I just be in there locked in by myself. You might not ever catch anybody in there but me. And uh, that's where we at now. Like, I really started finding myself throughout that prelude. Damn. So, dog, I'm going to ask you this, bro. What was it like when you got to fucking collab with Monte? and DJ Jelly on tracks, bro. You grew up listening to these niggas. Now you get to be on tracks and in the studio. Then what was that process like? Uh, Well, it's really, it's amazing, right? It's, a, it's an amazing thing to be able to work with greatness. Now, I feel like in order for you to project all greatness, you have to be able to soak up greatness, mm. right? Yeah. So, meanwhile, I'm doing my thing, being able to, to soak up certain game from, from these guys is helping me be more prolific, you know? But then also, too, at the same time, you want more, mm. you know? You got to understand people are busy, but you need more. Yeah, yeah. You know, Brady's not Brady unless he gets Belichick's full attention. attention. Hell yeah. He's just not great, the best ever to do it because he had one year with Brady. You get what I'm saying? I get exactly what you're saying. He got mentored, bro. Right. So 
definitely, definitely would love some more mentorship, no matter what. Only because I know the type of person I am, the type of energy that I give off, and the type of respect and value that I bring in command. You feel me? Respect. Um, and in the most respectable manner, I love these dudes. I get what you're saying. In the most respectable manner, I love these dudes. But at the same time, just like I want to see you win, that it should be projected back. Not to say that nobody wants to see me win or nothing like that, but a team is a team. You know what I'm saying? So no matter how busy somebody is, they still need to put time into watering their seeds. You know what I'm talking about? I get what you're saying, bro. I get exactly what you're saying, bro. So, shit, let me ask you that, Dan. From So Prelude is when you start experimenting with, fuck it, I'm going to take the ball and run with it. Dog, how did... How did, I guess, all of that manifest to the point where you were making records like one? That's just grind that got you to that point? Grinding, yeah. But not only that, believing and having faith. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll be in the studio and I I don't go in there with a pen and a paper. Like, I really let the beats talk. And if the beat don't talk to me, then I'm probably not going to record something on it. Because nine times out of ten, if you try too hard, it ain't going to be what you want anyway. That's real shit. So I, I push record. I, the same time I hear the beat is the same time I'm pushing record. So it's really a feeling. Mm. And with the beat, the, with the, when the beat talk to me, I talk back. You know what I'm saying? So it been times in a four-hour span, I done recorded five, six songs in four hours, like knocking them bitches out. Just to shift, to them and shift through them and pick three out of the five out. You know what I'm saying? Like I get what you're saying, bro. But out of five, six songs, you you just you just drop three hot records in a in a four hour time period. You know, you really don't have to relive the songs you ain't like. That don't mean they're not good either, because you know, to each his own, different stroke with different folks. Some people might love that shit. Just just I might not love it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, dog, because I don't want to pronounce the shit wrong, but is it Fuege? Fuege. Fuege. So, my nigga, what is Fuege? I feel like I know what this Fuege is like a state of mind. Like, something could be good, but it's always going to be something better. And being in the state of Fuege is like you in the most awesome stage. Like, I'm fire. I'm on fire. I'm hot. I'm doing my one-two, the drip on, the sauce on. That's Fuege, you feel me? So, bro, in that, in that same vein, what projects should people expect from you this year? Because, bro, you've been on everything. Every time I look on your, your page, you got some shit you're doing. You got a show. You in the studio with niggas. What can we expect from you this year? I got a record with Don Yu, a reggae artist coming out, crossover record. Oh. Don Yu, he a platinum-selling reggae artist. Uh, I got Latin Trap Tape coming out. Oh, shit. I got, I got all, I'm all across the board, bro. Like, I don't limit myself to one area or a forte. I like to spread my wings because I'm able to. A lot of people don't spread their wings because they can't. But I believe if you're able to, you might as well do it. Because it's easier for you to reach different people, different demographics. Why wouldn't I want to drop a reggae, a, a, a reggae hip hop record? Like I'd be a fool not to want to touch that. Cause it's a lane there. <laughs> it's a lane. I'd be a fool not to want to get into that Latin, that Latin trap. If I could do it, I'd be a fool not to not to do it. Because guess what? One thing about those charts, they charts no matter what. So whether it's island Caribbean pop, hip hop, rap, it give you more of an opportunity to showcase what you got going on. Yeah, yeah, because like you said, it's a chart. If you can say you charting on whatever chart, they're going to be like, damn, that's what it is. So Yeah, most definitely. So but, that's where I'm at with it. Like, I'm grown with it right now. I remember a time when I was I was not grown with it. <laughs> damn. So, Chico, let me ask you this question then, bro. Like, with everything that you've been through, I know you wouldn't take none of it back, but What's three things you wish someone would have told you when you first started? Oh, no, nah, I ain't even got three things that I wish somebody would have told me. It's just one. Go ahead. You don't got to hustle and do, and, and do music. All you need to do is focus on being an artist. Mm. Take this shit serious from Jump Street, and you'll be all right. 
and that's, that's, that's the only that. advice that I would need. But I say unpack that a little bit, bro. You say you just need to be an artist. You don't need to hustle. Yeah, you don't. You don't need to. You don't need to play the streets and play the music. You a creator. Be creative. But I didn't have people in my corner telling me that. Yeah, they probably told me you don't need to be in the street hustling, right? But they wasn't telling me you need to focus on your music. They telling me you don't need to be in a you don't need to be in the street hustling. You just need to go get a job. <laughs> mm. Not knowing what's really up here. Like, you get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying, dog. They was basically just telling you, like, bro, get a job. But they, they could have been saying, look, bro, you're a really good artist. Just go 100% on that shit. Yeah, you a creator. Be creative. Don't waste your time. Like, go crazy. But but here's the thing, too. If I didn't go through what I went through, right, the music right now would be totally different. Maybe I would only be able to make commercial music and not really be talking about anything except for what the world want to know instead of what my story is. So at the same time, it's still a two-way street. Like, putting myself out there, I'm able to discuss, I'm able to reach topics and discuss real events, current events that I probably wouldn't have been able to touch because... I wasn't out there doing the one-two, you know, type shit. I know what you're saying, bro. So, yeah, guys, so it's, it's pros and, yeah, it got its cons, but, you know, I don't think I'll change anything other than just be more serious about your, your, your crowd. And really, that's it right there. Okay. Man, Chico, I got a couple more I got to ask you, bro. Like, you know, once you got out, bro, you, you know, you a family man. You still are, you still an artist, but you got a family, man. You got responsibilities. Like, how has music or how has having a family changed the way you approach music? Has it? It definitely has. Cause if it wasn't for like being with somebody, I'll be out every night. You know what I'm saying? At the club, probably still running the street just in a different way. Not running the street hustling, but you know just doing whatever I wanted to do rather than taking care of a household, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, man. So that's the biggest thing right there, like, having to answer to my old lady is like, you know, I've been with tons of women in my time. Like, that shit's not too moving. Finding a, a somebody to be with, a soulmate, Somebody to care for you like you care for them. That's like really what matters. I feel Raising it. the youth up, that's really what matters. Raising them the right way. I didn't have somebody to raise me the right way. Yeah, you can give them the game that you didn't get. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm shit. I'm I'm not the best person in the world, but I try damn hard to, to do to do my thing, you know. Shit, bro. That's all they really need. Just somebody there, at least. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, guidance. See, one thing about it, too, my son, I never tried to guide him in the wrong direction. Like, my person, my own son, my only son, that's from me, I never ever tried to guide him in the wrong direction. And even my ladies' kids, I don't try to guide those kids in the wrong direction. I would never do that because I didn't have the right guidance. So I don't, I wouldn't want to instill that in other people, like, to be making the wrong decision. I feel that. Chico, I got two more questions, bro. You know, the first one I'm going to say, you know, you said you stopped selling dope and you started selling hope. Man, what's your message to people that, you know, out of prison now and out here trying to make some shit happen? What would you tell them? Well, here's the thing. So I know how hard life is. So I would never tell somebody, stop doing what you're doing, right? Yeah. If they was out there in the street. But what I would tell them is, it is other ways. Now, you don't have to listen to me. But if you watch me, a, re a real success story, then you'll be able to, to see that the testimony that I'm giving you is real. Hell yeah. But if you can't get it the right way, and you feel like whatever you're doing is the right way, 
you know, just walk on thin ice because them folks out there, you know, that don't mean I condone negativity and, and illegal things. That, that have nothing to do with that. I'm just telling these folks, like, watch my success story because I'm an inspiration of people. And I'm not just saying that. People tell me on a daily basis, you inspire me to keep doing this. You inspired me to quit my job and do something else. You inspired me to do this. And being an inspiration to people, it takes away from time at, at the house. Hell yeah. Like people don't know how hard it is to do to, to be in this position that I'm in to work the job that I'm working. Like they don't get what goes on behind the scenes. And uh for somebody to really know what I really gotta go through, for them to, to look at me and say, you're an inspiration. I got to go through hell just to get that little compliment. You know what I'm saying? So it's all about what you want in life. So it's other ways to do it. You don't have to do it the way you think is the right way. It's more than one way to skin a cat, right? Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, if you feel like you got to do this and do that, you know, I can't stop you. I can just tell you, like, tread light. Because then people on every corner. Yeah, yeah. And people that's telling is on every corner too. So, you know, that don't mean like I'm out here telling people go rob a bank. You get what I'm saying? Bro, I understand exactly what you're saying, bro. You're saying if, if that's how you want to live, you know, live how you live, but understand the consequence. But it's other ways. That come to with. It. Yeah, you got always as long as you know the that everything got every action got a reaction then you'll be able to live in a better place. And I'm no longer in a space where I want to run from the police, watch over my shoulder. I'm not in that space. You know what I'm saying? So you could be in the space you in, or you could watch the space that I'm in and not do what I'm doing, but find your own way. There it is. Doing so. Bro, I appreciate that game. Um, should I got one more question, bro. You know, what if a person is listening to this and they never heard your music before? What would you tell a first-time listener to expect when they listen to you? Originality, energy, pressure, reality, hype, fun, smile, love life, live, love, enjoy yourself, enjoy your situations, enjoy the people around you. Make sure you get them phony people from out your face. Like, you're going to get a heavy dose of gumbo fucking with my shit. And foyage. Big foyage. <laughs> okay, okay. Man, bro, I appreciate you even sitting down and doing this with me, dog. I already know you're on the grind. Like, you, you at work, but you're still putting out time to do this, bro. I appreciate it. And getting work done. That's what I'm saying, bro. I heard you. That's what I'm saying. Like, they don't, they don't know because we can see it. I'm like, man, my man was in the back. Shit, moved to the front. Took a moment to do what he had to do. <laughs> Respect, bro. You you still hustling even at your job. You know what I'm saying? Hey, every day I'm hustling, bro. Every day until I don't have to no more. And that's where that humble shit come in at because I'm, this shit ain't, this shit be pay, paying the bills that allow me to do certain things, but I'm so used to a different type of bread I still live my past when I have to come in, come in on this clock. But then I think of the people that I would hurt or the people that I would feel like I lied to them if I went back to doing my old shit and even lying to myself. You get what I'm saying? Like, why would I want to feed my own self those lies? If when I look in that mirror, I'm a reflection of myself. And then, you know, when I went to prison, I read that Bible three times. Mm. And when that old man dies, the new man is formed. So if this is the new man, why would I want to go back to that old man? You know what I'm saying? Bro, I appreciate that knowledge, dog. So I got a project called Super Thole going to come out. This one's going to be real crazy. I got another one called In the Flesh. I got some mixtapes finna come out. I'm probably gonna get a little political on this next few couple tracks. I don't know, man. I'm just gonna be in a different lane doing different things. 
create different waves. I'm a wave, bro. You know, fads, fads come and go, but trends, trends stick around. And I'm definitely a trend. You know what I'm talking about? Bro, so where can people follow you and find your material at, man? Shit, tap in with me. Chico, C-H-E-E-K-O-F-U-E, everywhere. Title, Vimeo, CD Baby, Disc Makers, uh, Vimeo, uh, YouTube, Google, whatever, everywhere. Instagram, Twitter. K-O-F-U-E, everywhere. Like, you can't, I can't, you can't miss me. As soon as you type in C-H-E-E-K-O, I'm going to pop up, like, Well, I appreciate you. And, of course, you can find me on Big Oom, on the Big Oom channel. We made the cover of a few magazines. We on magazine covers. Uh, Revolt published me on a last Revolt. Yep, I'm on blog sites. I'm, I'm everywhere, bro. I like to work. I love to work. I love to grind. And I know, like, when I finally get to where I want to be at, I'm going to go even harder. So this is just the beginning. Well, this ain't the beginning. This is the uh, we, we ain't at the peak yet, but we close to the middle. For sure. For sure. Man, you got any shout-outs for we roll up? Shout-out to you. Sure. Shout-out to the own count. Shout-out to the family. Um, Shout-out to everybody who I named today. Shout-out to Cash Marley, my little brother. Tajay Akil, my little brother. Uh, Apple System Pro. Apple Jacks, my little brother. Micah Johnson, Jason Diaz. Uh, Uncle Fur. Fat Pat. Shout out to my people. Shout out to my wife. Uh, she started an online boutique called Exchange Envy. I just kicked off this um, catering company called New Flavor Catering. I got a graphics company called Five Graphics. Um, this year we like, we doing different things this year. So like I said, once I'm out of here, I'm out of here, you know, and I'll be able to focus on what I want to do. Once all this stuff start picking up how it need to pick up, we still at the tail end of the pandemic. Who knows before, before the end of this year, they might throw another curveball at us talking about, oh, it's the highest we've seen it, but I ain't catch Corona yet. And I ain't trying to say like I'm I'm still in a way to catch it, but I haven't caught coronavirus. You know, and shout out to the people that caught it and they were strong enough to make it through it, cause you know it's hard out here. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I didn't catch a coronavirus. Um, and I'm I'm just going hard. I'm working hard. I'm campaigning. I'm shaking hands. I'm kissing babies. <laughs> shout out to you. Shout out to the world, bro. Like keep going. Keep grinding. Everything going every, every if you beat your feet, you're gonna eat. You hear me? Damn. And if you grind, you're gonna shine. So I just want everybody to know like to keep grinding. 